This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Hi, everyone, and thanks a lot for downloading the latest episode of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka GigPod. It's episode 78, and getting right into this one, it's not going to be our usual, typical podcast where me and John slag each other, wind each other up, and there's occasional bits apart. Um, on this one, we are just going to be talking about the memories that we both had of Celtic legend and European Cup winner Bertie Old, who passed away on Sunday. I'm just going to bring Reeds right in. Hey, how are you doing, John? Hey, hi, everybody. Uh, yeah, it's a pity we need to talk about uh, the death of a Celtic legend, but we'll try our best to uh, try and come up with some of the patter, almost as good as Bertie, except Bertie had played a part than we'll ever have. But no, he was a great guy, and uh, hopefully... Everybody enjoys the interview that we'll play at the end. Yeah, and that was obviously our main highlights of it. And I'm sure everybody listening has their own sort of stories they've got. If they, I mean, the amount of stories that I've actually, you know, read, John, on, on Twitter and on forums and the papers, it's, I'm not exaggerating when I say just about every one of them was just class part of from the guy. And I think every time, you know, you saw Bertie where that was, even in his playing days and in the 80s as a manager, even in his later years, I think one thing which was just so iconic about him was just that big smile, wasn't it? He was always laughing and he just looked as if he was having a rare time, which I guess in life is pretty much all you can aim for, is just being happy and he always did look as if he was having a great laugh. I know, it's that's rare in football as well when you think of how serious it is in football. I know we, we try to have a laugh here in gig pod, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, like how serious it is and like for Barry, I don't think football was ever serious. Even like when we won the European Cup, like he sang the Celtic. I know everybody talks about it, but he sang the Celtic song in the tunnel, like to get all the players going before the game. And that's just sort of type of thing that Barry would have done. He's the sort of guy that I think if you were like in this, if you saw him on the street and you didn't got him to say hello to him, he'd probably be like, "How did you know going to say hello to me?" Even if you'd only met him once. <laughs> I think he was that type of guy. I know everybody was saying he's like a typical Glasgow guy, but he was and. You could tell for the tributes this week, and I think Chris Sutton and some other people that called him Mister Celtic, and it was really when you when you notice it how like he was always at the games and like he done I think a lot of work with the charities and everybody loved them there, and like I remember like not that long ago at a game like everybody was watching him because he was celebrating and going mad. I think he was doing the huddle. He was a real fan as well, and I think that that always. Uh, makes him even more like, a hero when it's a real fan that plays for the team. Like, Tommy Burns was a big fan, everybody loved him. Betty was a, a real fan, everybody loved him. And, no, the number of tributes and stories is unbelievable, and that's just testament to what kind of guy he was. I'll ask you what your favourite Betty Old story was in a, in a minute, John. I'll 
go first here if you don't mind. But it was actually just uh, <laughs> yesterday I was reading it when I think there was a there was like a tour of Celtic Park and there was a woman there whose husband I believe was like a Celtic fan and she was doing the tour with him. She was a Rangers supporter and I think like Brendan Rodgers there, didn't I? But this is a true story, actually. <laughs> Bear in mind that Brendan would make something up. This is a true story. Here. How dare you? I know, but uh, no, the the woman was like through, obviously through gritted teeth and everything, saying to Bertie when he was saying, "Come on, just want a photo and everything," and then the woman was saying, "No, no, you're okay. I'm a Rangers supporter." And Bertie said, "No, no, no, it's all right. Here, I'll give you an autograph." And she was like, "No, no, it's fine." Um, reiterating that she was a an Angels fan. And then he was saying, no, it's, it's all right, I won't do any joined up writing, which to me just was some patter. Um, and the woman actually posted it on Twitter. I think she posted it under the main tweet from Celtic that they've still got pins. So if anybody's listening, you might be able to go in and see that. I just thought that was class, that even, you know, for all on the pitch and everything, that you always heard that Bertie was an aggressive player, but it was a brilliant technician that he, he was always very witty and he was always just having patter even on the park. John, do you remember the story that came out as well just a few days ago about his encounter with a referee? No, I don't think I saw that one. What, 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 what was it? Okay, it was the one where, I think, do you remember that referee? It was like Tiny Wharton, but he was like six oh, foot five. Oh, aye, aye, aye. I remember him for like Celtic books and stuff. Aye, aye the one where he said, um, if I call you an arsehole, Mr Wharton, I'll get booked. And <laughs> That's right. Then he said, yes, you'd be in trouble and you know where it's going, but what if I thought you were? Well, I think you're an arsehole. And I mean, that was in his playing days when he was in his prime and everything, and he was still just having a laugh uh, and having patter. And that was just barely all the way through, wasn't it? And to all the listeners as well, I, I mean, I think what's quite unique about this one is like usually when a, a, there's a passing of a Celtic icon and everything, there's not a lot of fans that can really, you know, in, in the thousands can come out and say, oh, I had a memory here, I've got a story here, because a lot of these players were quite private, quite personal, and, you know, they, they didn't go out mingling and everything with a lot of the fans. But, I mean, Bertie, John, even if you were, like, just wanted a quick photo with Bertie, he probably would find a way just to slag you for, like, the 10 seconds and make it a personal encounter, wouldn't he? Oh, no, I think he loved that sort of thing. I think he loved, like, like you, you can tell by all the work that he'd done still at Celtic. Like, and he was always, like, about and doing stuff about the European Cup, and rightfully so. I mean, I, I remember when they unveiled uh, Billy McNeil's statue, and uh, I think it was him that done it, and they signed the Celtic song before it. And, like, he was the ideal guy for something like that, because obviously he played for the, in that Lisbon Lions team, and he would have a load of great stories to tell about Billy McNeil and all the rest of the guys. And, no, I mean, he was, like, the life and soul of the party type of guy. And... Like, it really was the sort of guy that you don't see in football these days. I mean, football's, like, I think in, in those days, like, before our time, like, you could tell football, the players were professional and took it seriously, but Betty was the sort of guy that I think he would, like, play against Rangers, he'd put lumps with the guy, and then him and the, the guy would go and have a pint that night, and you just, that sort of thing wouldn't happen these days. And he'd... He's like a throwback for our time, and I think that's why I would have loved him. He was like, I remember the glory days, the greatest days that Celtic have ever had, and probably ever will have. And it's just great to see people uh, sending on his memories. I've seen the day that uh, the guys, I said, like uh, Michael Nicholson, Ange, and Carl McGregor uh, lay the reef outside uh, the stadium, and I think they've got all the scarves and stuff organised, and there'll be a tribute, obviously, before the game on Saturday. 
I think oh, I'll be a minute's applause, a minute's silence. Personally, I hope it's a a minute's applause because that's the sort of thing that Betty deserves. And I just seen the. Uh, I think they only get two caps for Scotland. I think they said before the game last night, which is just ridiculous when you consider how big a player he was. And always when I think about it, I always think of that picture of him. You've probably seen after we beat Leeds in the European Cup semi final in nineteen seventy, where he's wearing a hat and he's got like, the ball in his hand and he's holding it up there. And I was thinking, Bert, the only thing that's missing now is Bertie smoking a cigar. Because <laughs> that's the sort of thing that Bertie would do. He would like, we've beat Leeds, who were I think the biggest team in England then. What I'll do after it is I'll go and put a hat on and I'll hold the bottom there. And that's just sort of the thing that he'd do. Uh, just a sort of a gallus, as they say in Glasgow, type of guy. Regarding that Leeds game, John, did you see the thing that was posted as well with Billy Bremner, what he said about Bertie, which just sums up the you know, decide his game where he wasn't scared to leave the boot in, but he was a brilliant player and he was so fly on the ball, he was so fly on the park as well. Um, I mean, it was Billy Bremner that said, Billy Old, the game that Celtic won at Hamden, 2-1, um, Billy Bremner seemed to think the game was changed because of Billy Old's terrible tackle on Mick Jones. Billy Bremner said that all night he chased Billy a few times, but, and Billy knew that Billy Bremner was after him. But he was far too fly and he couldn't get anywhere near him. And this is Billy Bremner, John, who certainly you might show your age here over me. I know you're in your fifties, but he was <laughs> <You bastard. laughs> not a crap footballer either. Oh no, I think uh, before my time, obviously, but no, he was like a, a Scotland and Leeds legend. And I think that Leeds team I think I read in a book once, as old Celtic book, that when Celt or I seen a documentary, I can't remember, but when Celtic get drawn against Leeds everybody was like, oh no, we're going to get hammered here, because I think Leeds were thought to be like this invincible team, like built up even more than English teams are doing Celtic managed to beat them twice they beat them at Ellen Road and at Hamden, and that's no mean feat managing to do that and Bertie, as usual was the centre of attention, and in fact I think a game that people probably don't talk about was the old days at Celtic, maybe, maybe the old guys they when we, the first trophy they won under Jock Steen, the, there was a Scottish Cup, they beat the Fairmont 3-2 in 1965, and Bertie scored two of the goals that day. I think everybody remembers that Billy McNeil scored the winner, it was a header. But no, Bertie scored two of the goals, and he like that was like sort of the the win that showed that Celtic were on their way back. And actually, I read the other day that, you know how when we beat Rangers 7-1 in the, the League Cup final? Yes. He was at Celtic then, and he, he played in every game the League Cup up until that uh, final, but Neil Morton played instead. But I seen that Bertie said that he thought Neil Morton deserved to play because he was very experienced. But so that shows you how long Bertie was in and about Celtic, like for so many years. That Celtic and Leeds game is is one that personally well, would stay with me. My granddad was always telling me about it that Leeds were genuinely overwhelming favourites. I mean, that was a true battle of Britain. I know that you had Rangers Leeds in nineteen ninety two. But, I mean, that Celtic against the Leeds team, that was the most successful Leeds team of their history as well. That was a game, John, that like Jinky was touted as a legend throughout Europe for his performance. I think it was, do you know how, here's one for you, here's Trevor. Do you know how much the papers were saying Jinky was worth after that game? <sighs> 1970. Uh, a million quid? 250 grand, class. <laughs> I mean, imagine hell. that now. I reckon if a million pounds, probably too much. They wouldn't have even thought about it then. 
Uh, well, imagine how much better it would have been worth them. My granddad was always telling me about the performance of that game, and he said that it was very, it was like an understated performance. Like it was one of the ones that Jinky caught all the headlines, and everybody was rightfully going on about how Jimmy Johnston was just unbelievable that night, unplayable. Even the English press, John, were saying he was better than George Best. But one thing I always remember my granddad telling me was he always said to me that, you know, in that game, that if Celtic didn't have Bertie Old, they probably, or Bertie Old and Bobby Murdoch, he said, that if they didn't have day two in that game, they probably wouldn't get the better of Leeds as well, which, I mean, is a testament, John, to beat a team like that back in the days, and this was a very, very successful Leeds team. They were the overwhelming favourites, as I said, and Celtic, I mean, I know the scoreline was 2-1, but by all accounts from... You know the stories I've read and and the reports back then. Like Celtic absolutely slaughtered them, and it was Bertie in midfield that just ran the show, which just sums up for everybody that thinks you know part merchant and a wee joker. I mean, the guy could kick a ball as well. Ah, it's n- it's not just for the stories that I've loved Bertie. It's because he played in the greatest, probably the greatest British football team that will will ever be. There has been lines. I mean, and like, and he played there, of course, in like that second. European Cup final as well. I mean, and which of course we lost the final. But imagine that. I mean, a team from Scotland who like five years earlier were in the doldrums, and then they managed to get to two European Cup finals, and he played in them both. That's just like very few players at Celtic get to European Cup finals. We've all been get to European finals. We've been to three, and Barry played in two of them. And like, no, he was just some player, and. I mean, it's good, hopefully, that a lot of people like, will be looking up better and what he done and looking up how he played as well, and not just all the great stories, because I know, obviously, they were a big part of why Betty was so loved. But, I mean, it was a great football player as well, that kind of we forgot about. I, I mean, I kind of really compare him to, like, MD nowadays, because I didn't really see enough of him. And, like, he, sort of, he played as a midfielder, and he played as an outside left as well, and, like, Outside left isn't a sort of position that's used these days, but no, I think it was sort of really a battle in midfield when you think about it, because he scored like, I'm just looking at here, 90 goals in 328 games in his career. So obviously, like, he knew how to do the dirty work, and I think that was probably more his type of thing, but no, it's good to see uh, so many people selling so many memories uh, better, and uh, long may that continue. I'm sure whenever people are telling stories about Celtic in the future, better will always come up and People will be howling about all the stuff he got up to. I'm going to then ask you, John, what your favourite sort of quote was from Bertie Old, um, and I'll give you a minute for that. But I think, I, I wouldn't say it's one of my favourite quotes, but I think something that would sum up Bertie is it was at a Q&A, a function at a CSC, and I think Bertie was asked, exactly how hard did you hit that guy in the game in Uruguay? I think it was against Racing Club, wasn't it? And Bertie said... I'm for Glasgow, son. How hard do you think I hit him? I mean, just like that as well. But it just, there was nothing sugar-coated as well. I mean, it was a pretty honest guy, pretty honest player as well, um, and a pretty honest professional by all accounts. And if I can come on to you about your favourite sort of quote that you might have had for Bertley that you've maybe seen recently as well. I, I seen one when, uh, in the bad old days of the 90s, when the people used to compare the old Rangers as... Uh, Nine in a row team, eight or nine in a row team. Somebody asked uh, Bertie how they would, how that Rangers team would go on against or nine in a row team, and Bertie said, "If I'm honest, I think it would be a draw." But to be fair, most of us are in our sixties. <laughs> 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 that's a uh, 
a typical Bertie line there. But uh, no, what a guy he was. Indeed, and then it comes on to us in 2017, John. Um, you had the good fortune to talk to Bobby Lennox, didn't you? And I got barely old. And I guess, you know, it doesn't matter who got who in that respect. I mean, it was just a privilege, wasn't it? But for the audience, it might not know, John, when to, who are maybe now GigPod 2.0 fans, if you will. Back in 2017, if you can fill the audience in as to why we were speaking to Bertie and Bobby back then. Uh, we done it because we were done a tribute to the 50th anniversary at Lisbon Lions. We didn't even want to let like, the most momentous event in Celtic's history pass without doing something special on the podcast. And I think we'd talked about the old games and the old pod before. But no, we thought we'd try and speak to some of the players involved and it took a while to set up. Well, I managed to speak to Bobby Lennox, who was a marvellous guy to talk to, and was full of great stories. And you managed to speak to Bertie as well, who probably even better stories if that was possible. But no, we wanted to like, pay tribute to Celtic's best ever team, and we wanted to try and talk to some of the guys that made that night in Lisbon Ham and were very fortunate enough to do that. Try to think of how I got Bertie's number, but I got his, his home phone number. And I was told that it was fine to call him at a certain time, which it was during the day. I can remember that. And you know, I'm trying, I'm writing my brains here as to how I got his number, and I just can't remember. So sorry to whoever set it up. Um, I'm not being stayed. I just honestly can't remember. I'm getting older, apparently, John, aren't I? I'm getting, I'm, I'm yes. getting on. I can't remember how I got the bubble in. I can say it. Oh, I remember it was. I, I tried to get Paul Fisher. Times. It was Paul Fisher. Paul Fisher. That's right. Aye. So it was. Sorry about that, Paul. <laughs> and. I remember a couple of times that he wasn't in or we took a while to get it uh, organised. But uh, no, it was great old. Bobby was a fantastic uh, interview. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure for you, Bertie, it was the same. And I think what was so amazing about that, John, is if you can remember, like back then, uh, you know, you had the fans looking to genuinely talk to these guys. And even if it wasn't the 50th anniversary, if it was the 40th or the 42nd or the 10th or whatever, make any number up, didn't matter because you'd want to talk to these guys about your achievements anyway. You'd just rather you'd like to talk to a Celtic legend at any point. It just it was very special that it was coinciding with Celtic's um, invincible sort of run and eventual uh, invincible treble as well. So that made it even more amazing, didn't it? Uh, but uh, you know, it was just the chance to speak to Bert. It was just incredible after the stories I'd heard from my granda after reading his book, which was a boy called Bertie. Um, and just getting, to, I mean, finally, after laughing at all his partner or that I'd see on YouTube and everything, I was getting to talk to the guy. And, you know, I think at the time I was maybe 31 or something, um, whereas Bertie, you know, had a fair age on me. And you know what, John, this is not going to surprise you one bit, but he was far sharper than me and I took an absolute <laughs> slagging. I've just remembered that my granny, may she rest in peace, bought me Bertie's book for a quid in a charity shop and then she gave a line to my uncle and I've never got it back so Alan if you're listening I want that book back <laughs> and you mean that as well Chris I do <laughs> um, but no what was so funny was like you know when we were you know John when I was doing the, the speaking to the players like we were doing in the first run of gig pod I mean I got massively nervous you know talking to anyone whether that you know it was like my actual hero at the time Mark Reaper um, and I still love Mark Reaper as a player he was just one of the best defenders I've seen at Celtic, he was like the first proper one I did and I was so 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 nervous in a room in Edinburgh before I'd even phoned the guy and it didn't really get any easier and then when I was to do Bertie Old for my living room I'm like Christ how am I going to 
deal with this. But you know what was so amazing? Uh, the phone started ringing. Um, I'm just sweating. I'm like a bag of nails. I'm just like, I, I can't do this. And then well, he just <laughs> answered the phone. He says, hello. I introduced myself, said, look, Bertie, we um, spoke on the phone a couple of days ago. This is me doing the podcast for GigPod. Is this all right? And the soothing words were uttered saying, ah, of course it is, son. Just sit yourself down. Which... That was what Bertie did, wasn't it, John? Like when you see a lot of stories, he was always calling people son. I mean, it didn't have anything personal to do with me, and I'm sure he's glad for that fact. But, <laughs> um, you know, that's a lot of stories that we've read, isn't it, John? That no matter who you were or how or what you did in life, he was always calling you son, and he was just making time for anyone. Aye, and I think he probably loved telling the stories. And I mean, why would you know? I mean, the day the Celtic won the European Cup, they became like immortals. And so, like, I'm sure they loved telling the stories again and again. Nobody loved hearing them because they were always good stories and they were always dead funny. But no, I mean, I think Betty would always, like, be all right with absolutely everybody. I mean, I think if somebody didn't say hello to him in the street, he's probably the sort of guy who'd be like, how did you know say hello to me? So, no, I mean, I knew Betty would be great for the interview because he's, he could do that thing easily. I mean, he probably loved telling the stories again and, Rightfully so, and I completely forgot that that same season was the Invincible Treble year as uh, the Lisbon Lions anniversary. I forgot about that, but no, that sort of all tied it up nicely because that was a good Celtic team, obviously not as good as the Lisbon Lions, of course. But uh, no, it was a uh, it was a really good interview, and uh, you can hear it at the end of the podcast in a couple of minutes. Yeah, indeed. And do you know what was so nice about it as well, John, when I put the, the clip out on Twitter as well, um, on my personal account a couple of days ago, that even at the end of it, he was just giving me <laughs> he was just giving me advice in life. It was what was it, smile and just enjoy life. And you know what? Barely to an extent I do, but I've got to do stuff with John Reed, so I'd like to, <laughs> you know, I'm not taking all your advice there. But no, I mean even just, just to say stuff like that to someone he he'd never met before in the flesh was just such a nice thing to do and if I can just finish this particular segment up before we, we, we close off what was so cool about that and this this interview that we're putting out the 2017 one was actually heavily edited because I was as I kept telling you a bag of nails and I, I started a mess and I kept saying to Bertley oh sorry I have to start that again or oh, I'm sorry Bertley I'm, I'm going to have to do this but again because I was just as you can imagine like it was, it was a nerve-wracking thing to do um, maybe it's it's probably would have been easier in person because I've been able to see his you know his body language and he would have just been naturally making me laugh. But I was just sort of pitching him on the other, other end of the line, just laughing um, at the absolute nick I was getting myself worked into. But at one point he actually said to me, "Look, son, you're going to have to you're going to have to calm down. You're stuttering more than me." And <laughs> I, I, I just said, "You know what? You're right, Bertley. It is just a." This is a nightmare for me here, but he was—he actually just laughed and he just said, "Don't worry about it." He says, "It's just you do what you've got to do," and you know, for bit of mind how busy he was at that time because he was telling me he was getting swamped with phone calls for journalists, for the press, and people in Sky, people in BBC wanting to schedule to go for interviews, talk about things, and it was, you know, take a good half hour. I think I, I think I made it something. I think it was half an hour, and I cut it down to like fifteen twenty minutes, but. I get the impression, John, that if I wanted to talk to him for like an hour or something, that he would have been fine with it. But now he really put me at ease, and that's something that I'll, you know, I'll never forget. That doing these type of things is never easy. Um, a lot of people might think it's a doddle, <laughs> it's anything, but but 
I guess talking to Bell, it was just uh, as much as it was a total honour, and he just made it really, really simple and gave me a few slaggings to boot. So I'm sure the Gig Pod fans will love that bit of Traver that I've never shared with anyone up until now. Yep, I'm sure they will. And uh, what a guy Bertie was, the, the biggest legend ever from Mary Hill. So, John, I'll let you sign off here before um, I introduce the 2017 podcast for everyone listening. Right. Uh, thanks, Stevie. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back after the uh, the St. Johnson game at the weekend. We'll hopefully, we put on a good tribute for Betty. But the last words, Betty Old, rest in peace. Thank you for everything you've done for Celtic and enjoy the interview. Cheers, John. Yep. Uh, we'll likely be back after the St Johnston game. I'll be doing some things with Hamish at 67 Hail Hail after the game at Hamden as well. But we'll talk about that another time. This is all about Bertie. I hope you enjoy the 2017 interview uh, in the lead up to the 50 celebrations of the Lisbon Lions winning the European Cup. Thanks for listening and Hail Hail. Lisbon, Celtic versus Inter Milan in the final of the European Cup. If any British team could win this coveted trophy, it had to be Celtic. And we did. Celtic 2, Inter Milan 1, 50 years ago today. And to celebrate that amazing achievement by the club, we decided to get two of the Lisbon Lions who played that day on the pod with us. First off, Bertie Old speaks to myself, and then Bobby Lennox bravely puts up with Rizzo. There's not much of an introduction needed for both of them. Absolute legends. So please enjoy. Inside right, Charlie Gallagher hit the bar. Bertie Old scored from the rebound. Okay, Bertley, you're on the Glasgow's Green Podcasts. We've tried for ages to get you on and you've agreed to it, so thank you very much again. No, the pleasure's mine. Anytime you know that better than ever. The way it is just now, we've got an awful lot in our mind because it's the 50th anniversary and I can't remember passing 40. You know what I mean? I'm still only 39. <laughs> well, last night you were at the PFA Scotland Awards and... You got the PFA Scotland Young Player of the Year award to Kieran Tierney. What's your opinion of him, Bertie? Well, I, 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 I was fortunate enough that uh, this last couple of days I've been to one or two functions, charity functions, and Kieran was there last night. No, no, I don't tell my lie. Uh, I met him last night and he, he had to the award, but the night before that he came to, after the game, he came to a charity. He did it in one of the hotels in Glasgow, and I promise you, he's a great ambassador at his age for Celtic Football Club. He mixed well, stood in 10 photographs, and it, it was really a, a pleasure to be with. And what's your opinion of Brendan Rodgers as manager? How much are you... Well, what I like about him is he's an honest guy, he says what he feels, he does what he wants to do. I think he's got full control, which is, you need to have at a club like Celtic. You must be able to dictate who you're signing and who you're letting go. And and, uh, and I think he has that. I think he's a strong character and he's got a great knowledge in the game. But he's also a Celtic supporter, so that gives him an, an awful lot more votes from me. 
There's a lot of talk now of the 50 years since the Lisbon Lions won the European Cup. Just tell us now, Bertie, for all the listeners, how mobbed are you on a day-to-day basis now? I, I, I could very every day. I could very at night as well. But the most important thing, I love. Uh, people say, "I hope you don't mind, but I would be more disappointed if they didn't come over and speak to me, because that's one thing you have to be when you're a Celtic player, and that's approachable. And I love whenever the supporters come over and say, "Bert, can I do this? Bert, can I see this? Bert, can I get a photograph?" It's been my life. Football is just a short career, son. But when you play for Celtic, it's a way of life, and you must be able to accept that. One of your famous quotes was, "Once a sell, you're always a sell," and that's pretty much the way you've just said it, era. Definitely, it's an error that uh, Jock Steen had said to us the first day when he came back as manager. He turned round and he says, oh, "We were speaking about the coronation exhibition in the Mongol Cups." He says, now it's our time to create history. And our era starts now. Well, I'll tell you, I don't think we did too badly, did we? <laughs> no, you did not. And also as well, Bailey, how much has football changed in your opinion like compared to when you were playing? I know it's a totally different ball game now. But yeah. the fundamentals are still the same, but did you prefer playing in the era that you did or would you like to be giving it a go? Now, I, loved, I loved playing football. I mean, if it was the now, I'd have loved it. But, but in our era, the most important thing about Scottish football, you must remember, if you have a look at the clubs, Rangers won the Cup Winners' Cup. Aberdeen won the Cup Winners' Cup. Dundee United was in the final, Colmarnock and uh, Hearts. All these clubs were challenging for European football. Trophies, you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, that, that was, a, it was a more demanding, a more, uh, what do you call it, I, I thought it was better football. And also as well, Bertie, nowadays footballers with our, their lifestyles and their diet, it's totally different to what it was when you were playing with Ellis Malines, but what was your staple diet then when you were playing week in, week out for Celtic? Well, I just came for, as I said to you, my dad was a brickies labourer and my mum was a hawker. And uh, I just, my mum my used to say to me, I used to say to my mum, what's for the dinner the night, mum? She used to say, mince and tatties. I says, mum, where's the man? She says, under the tatties. <laughs> so you could picture it, we were one of the richest family world, but I'll tell you this much, the one in the house was more loving it than what was in our house. On that run-up to the 67 European Cup final, see when you were in the tunnel, pre-game, everybody, yeah. everyone knows that story when you broke into the Celtic song, but was that just spontaneous or had you been planning it beforehand? No, no, I wasn't planning it. That was something we did. That was, see, the, see the, the, the team that I played with, mm-hmm. they did that continuously all over the world, including Scotland. That was uh, that was what we enjoyed doing. And whenever the, whenever the support sang it, we sang it. And that was something that was just something that came. We, we used to sing it, didn't matter if we were, whether it was in the tunnel or whether it was in the dressing room, that's what we did. And I was just, uh, and at that particular time, Jimmy says to me, Jimmy Johnson says, Bert, have a look at them. Look at them, they're like film stars. And I says, I know, but can they play? And they, and they, and they, and they looked at me and they started to laugh, and I says, 
After 15 minutes, even when they went a goal up, he knew the game was done. It was they weren't going to hold out, and I remember reading that right and being Aye. stunned by that. But see if you heard that for Big Billy McNeil, like one 0 down, he just no, went he would have been put in the bath ah. to cool down. <laughs> if, that, if, if he says in a wee minute but yeah. when did they talk about Bobby Murdoch my granda always uh, talked about he was the governor Murdoch was the best Mur- Mur- as far as I was getting said he did everything in his locker mm-hmm. he was a superstar yeah, my granda said that he was way ahead of the times and all that and he was just a, yeah. an abs- he was just unbelievable and I mean for you to play next to him as well that must have just That's lifted right. your game as well eh? as well we, how are you talking to him every day on the run up to this Aye, if we don't get if we don't meet up I always phone and he phones me and, and it's all it's the same right through the whole squad we, we, we couldn't have asked for a better squad of players and, and also they were very very see there were Celtic supporters and, and they were the same as we, we were had in the, in the dress room what we had in the terraces which is enthusiastic passionate and, and players and people with ability and knowledge in the game great knowledge in the game See you as well in the Champions League final you see what it's like nowadays where it's like heavily sponsored and you know it's a, it's very much a corporate and a commercial event what yeah. was it like back then was it still sponsor heavy or was it not as uh, not as like in our day aye well, listen to me you know and I know there weren't as many sponsors as it's what they are today. It's went up through the roof. But I put that down to Celtic, who were the first British team. And I would say the first any team that had 11 individuals from the same country. The Celtic Football Club changed everything. And that all comes down to the governor, Jock, Willie Malkin, Sean Fallon, Bob Rooney, 
Jimmy Steele, that old, and Jimmy McGrory, because Jimmy McGrory signed 10 of us. He, Jimmy McGrory, was the manager that signed 10 of the Lisbon Lions. Then mm-hmm. I'll give you a wee bit there that I didn't know what they wanted to do, because you'll need to give me handkerchiefs that, that I've told you about my secret about Jimmy McGrory being the manager and signed 10 of the Lisbon Lions. Well, it's funny you mentioned Jimmy McGrory there, Bob. Um, sorry. It's funny you mentioned... Yeah, ju- yeah I forget, man. Just call me Shuey. And just say, is that you, Shuey, for the saxophone? <laughs> It's funny you mentioned. You just about put your foot in there, didn't I you? really did. I was just, I was, think, just thinking that Bobby murdered there, not a part of it. But listen, there's worse things to be called, Bertie. I know that, son. Bobby was a super player, and, I, and everybody, honestly, everybody looked up to him, even the opposition. You were talking about Jimmy McGrody there, and uh, Tony Roper. He was recording ways a couple of months ago. He said that was his hero. Do you know that? And that Jimmy McGrody. Jimmy McGrody. Aye, that was his hero. Uh, well, I, um, I must admit, I signed three times for Jimmy McGrory, so he's a great knowledge in the game, I know. Did I have you speechless there? <laughs> what, I was going to, what I was going to go on to with Jimmy McGrory was the fact that he was uh, five foot six, but he scored some amount of goals with his head, that I read. I promise you, he was five foot six, everywhere, with his shoulders, honestly, his back, his hips. The only thing that was really... With his head, he was a very level-headed, beautiful gentleman, gentleman Jimmy McGrory. Okay. And I tell you, as I said to you, what a player! Has anybody touched his record? I don't think. I don't think they will because he was awesome. And he only wanted to play for one club. He had the opportunity to go elsewhere, and oh no, he refused. He was a Celtic player, and he wanted to be with his Celtic his whole career. Let me ask you this one, Bertie, right? You saw so many midfielders for Celtic over the years as a fan, yeah. but obviously Bobby Murdoch's irreplaceable. But if you could play with any other midfielder for Celtic over the years, if you had the chance, what one would you have chose? Well, I would have done, I would pick two players at this particular moment. I'd have loved to have played the big A, and that was one was Paddy Crerin, who had a tremendous passion for our club. He was Celtic through and through and so down whenever he was transferred, which he finished up he wanted and he's now a a great United fan. But his heart always belongs to Celtic. Another one is Tommy Burns, who showed everybody, including myself, that he he was Celtic at heart. And a very at Celtic Football Club you must have tremendous ability or you wouldn't be there. And that's what both the men had. Tremendous ability. Confident, but not overconfident. Entertaining, with ability, and that's what they two had. And how close were you with Tommy as well over the years? Well, I, I, I wasn't as close with Tommy as I was with Crelin, because Paddy came into the team and was in the team when I got transferred to, to Birmingham. And, but Tommy, you could see with, it, with his reactions whenever he was playing for Celtic, that was the club he wanted to play for. And when he got the, the managerial job, oh, gee whiz, okay, he'd have paid money to get that job. What's your plans after everything all winds down then with the 50th celebrations? What are you going to be doing in the summer? Still, I'll be still enjoying myself because it does finish it. See, when you're a silly player, 
Disney finished the, the Arlo finished the fiftieth anniversary of being a fifty first to fifty second up to the sixtieth and we'll still be enjoying it. That was that's what changed British football. That result, that performance with a passion on the park and a passion on the terraces. It'll never change. The Celtic supporters will never let it change. Bentley, it's been an absolute honour. I'm speaking to Mary Hill's second favourite son here because we've got Rizzo. He's on a pod with us. He's a most famous guy, Mary Hill. But you're going to have to take a second birth to him, I'm afraid. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> you take care, it's always good to speak to you. And you remember and enjoy life, OK? Podcast Network.